Welcome to Kiss and Tel Aviv, where we put the love in Tel Aviv. I'm your host, Margot, and this is Tel Aviv's first and only dating, sex, and relationships podcast. I'm super excited to be on the mic again. I know I say that every week, but it's good to be back. I am recovering from a wonderful Purim, and I hope you guys all had a good time during Purim. Wow. Um, this year, if you didn't see over on Instagram, first of all, what the fuck are you doing? Not watching my shit over there. Follow me on Instagram at Margot explains it all. I was Julia Fox, which apparently none of you know who that is. You're not on TikTok and it shows, um, she's Kanye's most recent ex-girlfriend. They dated right after, um, Kim and him split and she is known for being Josh Safdie's muse in Uncut Jams. And I'm not going to explain it further because if you don't know the reference, then um, go look it up. And then day two of Purim, I was Tomer. <laughs> and I literally transformed myself into the, thi- the thing that I hate the most and became Tomer. And I carried around a fake Tinder frame as if it were my profile and obviously it said good vibes only and I wore the fucking denim shorts and the Israeli guy t-shirt with the collar cut out and the fake Tevanaot from Shuka Kalmel and that stupid ass drawstring backpack and that fucking hat that says cock on it and those things are still in my possession and I literally would give anything for a working fireplace right now um anyways i hope you guys had a good porim wow porim did you get down did you get funky yes definitely an interesting experience dressed as julia fox when i went to hear uh the megillah at my synagogue Mm -hmm. yeah that was i kept it modest but that was you know (laughs) everyone was like who the fuck is this bitch with all this black eyeliner on Anyways, um, yeah, I promised you guys some dating updates and rather than just give you a quick little update now, I think I'm going to do a full episode, but I'm not really ready to talk about it yet. Nothing bad happened, but I kind of want to give it some time before I air out my dirty laundry on the pod. Um, let's see, what else can I kind of give you a little bit of updates? So I'm... (laughs) You know, you match with just like the dumb hot guy on Tinder. So maybe I'll have some stories from that soon because I'm talking to one of those now and I'm just like, do I really want to just do it for the plot or do I really not want to entertain this fucking fool? I don't know. I kind of want to do it for the plot. So I have some content for you guys because this could be funny. This could be funny. Um, more updates coming soon. Probably going to do a whole episode about it. But let's get into this week's episode. Let's live in the present moment, shall we? This week, we are going to talk about how your friends are sabotaging your dating life. And it may seem kind of out there to think that your friends might actually be ruining your dating life but some of you single folks may be nodding your head as you listen to this 
and you're like, hmm, maybe my friends are kind of making my dating life a little bit more difficult. Um, and we're also going to talk about the different ways and the different types of scenarios in which your friends can kind of make your dating life a little bit more difficult. And when and what should you do about it? When should you act on it? When should you do something about the scenarios in which your friends might be making things pretty fucking hard for you to get some dick or some pussy or some booty? Oh my God, I'll stop. Okay, <laughs> now... We have all been in scenarios where our friends have either maybe they cock blocked us or maybe they just kind of got in the way. And I'm going to kind of break down the different types of scenarios and friends that might be hurting your dating life. I want to start off with one that I think is... Maybe one of the most harmless, and that is the well-intentioned married friend who just tells you that you're too picky. You know, sometimes you just got to give that balding guy who asked you out on the bus a chance you know that guy okay so maybe he does have more hair on his back than on his head but he probably has a really good personality and you know when I married Shlomo things the attraction grew between us haven't you ever heard that fucking shit before we've all heard something like that from a friend of ours who's in a relationship not all of our friends who are in relationships, some married or booed up besties can give us really, really good advice because they're in the thick of it. And, you know, they're not completely disconnected from your reality as a single person. But then again... We all know the other type of friend who, once they get married, it's almost like they have a full lobotomy and they completely forget what it was like to date and be single. You know, the ones who have just, I've just been married for so long or I've just been with Shlomo for so long. I just forgot what it was like to date. Oh, isn't that the most annoying fucking shit in the world? It's like, no, you didn't. You know, like, don't be that bitch. Don't be that person. You remember what it was like. Your life didn't begin the day that you walked down the aisle. You know what I mean? Ugh. But there are friends like that who just are well-intentioned, but I think what they really kind of, they give you advice based on their reality and their reality is a long-term serious relationship or marriage. And we all do it. We all give advice based on our own reality. I do it here on the podcast, but 
sometimes the well-intentioned married friend kind of assumes that all single people want to ultimately end up either married or in the same scenario as them because that's what they wanted. And that's, isn't that what everybody should want? Again, I'm not talking about all married people, but the ones that give the corny ass advice that's like, you know, you're just so picky. Maybe you should, you know, try dating someone else who's, you know, like a total fucking loser. Really? I mean, do you want to meet my friend from my office? He's and you're like, is he hot? And they're like, yeah, he's cute. And you're like, OK, well, describe him. And they're like, well, he um, he lives with his mom in Petah Tikva. And, but 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 it's you know he's really really nice and um you know and you're just like fuck off fuck off right now they really do mean well but it's so fucking annoying when they try to give you advice or they just completely forget what it was like to be single and They'll tell you stuff like, you know, it'll happen when you least expect it. You just have to stop looking. That's when Shlomo just walked into my life. Or I had a friend that once told me, and I'm obviously like changing the name, but she was like, I just hope you find your Shlomo. And I'm like, I don't want to find a Shlomo. I want to find a person that's for me. I don't want to find a cookie cutter version of your husband. Not everybody wants to be married to your husband. It's like people that have a dog and I am this person now where it's like, but I'm also, I'm in touch with the fact that just because I think that Teddy is the literally the cutest fucking creature that God ever created. And every time I look over at him, he somehow gets cuter. That doesn't mean that everybody feels that way about my dog. And sometimes I think that married people feel that way about their spouses. And they're like, everybody just wants what I have because he's just so great and he's so cute and he's so wonderful. No, no, no. And so they're giving you advice based on their exact experience. And that's not always helpful. And sometimes if you are in that scenario, it can make you feel fucking crazy and it can kind of like make it so that that person's voice is always in your head when you're about to go on a date and well, you're being too picky and then you end up settling and you make these micro decisions based on that person's advice because they're telling you that you're too picky or, you know, all these things. And you're on a date with someone who you're maybe, maybe you're not really attracted to them and you're just like, yeah, maybe, maybe it'll be like, my girlfriend and, and Shlomo and maybe if I just keep trying to fuck this guy that I'm not attracted to then I'll fall in love with him eventually isn't that how marriage works no it's not so that's the first type of person or friend who who may be impacting your dating life a little bit negatively or if not a lot the well-intentioned married friend right? And they really do want what's best for you. And then there's the person 
Who doesn't want what's best for you? The frenemy who secretly wants to, you know, sabotage you. And I'm not trying to make you think that like everybody's out here to sabotage you, but we've all been there. We've all had those frenemies or those people who maybe, you know, just really are just fucking jealous. They're just fucking jealous and they can't, even fathom the idea of you being in a relationship or of you having a fun, exciting, healthy dating life because they don't want that for you. They just don't want to see you happy. They're kind of the opposite of the annoying married friend who tells you, who just wants you to be happy with, you know, Shlomo from their office who they want to set you up with. They're the opposite. They're the opposite. They're the ones who you know, don't have your best intentions in mind. They might be the one who is kind of a little bit like negs you here and there or like makes you feel bad about certain things, you know? Or, you know, the one who just doesn't want you to be happy, period. And that's also a really important thing to kind of understand and to notice. I think we've all kind of been there. I once had a friend show up to my birthday dinner with the full intention of trying to fuck my boyfriend and seduce him. So, and I thought nothing of it at the time. I had no fucking clue what was going on. And it, it was a scenario in which I, I finally figured out who this person was and they wanted to fuck my boyfriend. <laughs> they showed up to my birthday in like full intention of trying to seduce him. And he was a piece of shit anyways. So like they kind of knew. They kind of knew. And he didn't, you know, he didn't take the bait, but their intentions were not... We're, we're not pure in any way, in any way. And that person is no longer in my life. But yeah, so they're like the opposite, right? The opposite end of the spectrum. Another type of friend that may be sabotaging your fucking love life are the ones who are just the hopeless, clueless romantic who throws rationality out the window and encourages you, you know, to text a guy three times in a row because they're so desperate for love and they think that maybe you are too and they just encourage you to act like an idiot and just give you terrible fucking advice. And there's sometimes the people that we end up getting a lot of or, you know, advice from or talking about our dating life a lot with because sometimes we tend to window shop for advice. We all do it. I've done it. Where we will ask friends for advice and we're just hoping that one of them will tell us what we want to hear, not actually what we need to hear. And that that's when you got to be really careful. It's like, are you asking your super like, 
hot mess friend for dating advice because you know that she's going to tell you to do what you already want to do? Are you, she's like, you know, the Charlotte of the, maybe not the hot mess, but she's more like the Charlotte, right? From Sex and the City where she just is such a hopeless romantic. She just believes in love so much. And she kind of puts these like silly, unrash, irrational ideas in your mind about love and about, well, I once knew this guy and this girl and he was a total fuckboy at first and he would only text her at 3 a.m. and and she, you know, would go over there and, and, and he was such a jerk and then she left him and he realized what he missed and one day he showed up at her front doorstep and it was raining and they kissed and he confessed his love and, and proposed. It's that friend who's like, okay... That's not really going to happen. We live here on planet Earth and not in a Taylor Swift song. So I have to kind of, you know, base my actions off of experience and based on the assumption that I am the rule and not the exception. You know what I mean? So we have to be careful because, again, sometimes that friend will, will encourage us to do things that or give us advice that we want to hear and we'll keep going to them because they'll tell us what we want to hear. They don't, they might not even realize that they're doing it. They might not even realize that they're doing it. Yeah. Text him again. It's fine. It's okay. Like throw the rules out the window. Who cares? Fuck games. I don't want to play games. Just call him. Even though um, he hasn't responded to you in a week and um, he left you on red and he literally doesn't care if you um, were to fall into a burning fire and literally die. Just text him again. Who cares? You only live once. You only have one shot. Like, that's that that friend that fucking friend you know or again going back to the other the the previous reference where they're also doing things to encourage you to look stupid so that they'll look better you know that's there's a lot there's a lot of these that kind of overlap um but yeah speaking of doing stupid stuff there's also that hot mess friend the hot mess friend. And I think we've all known this friend and I can say from my experience in my 20s, I have been this friend. And maybe I should do a whole episode on on that phase of my life, but the hot mess friend who really is whether it's conscious or not, just really unhappy with their lives and kind of needs everyone else around them to be unhappy with their lives too. It sucks. It sucks. And it's kind of sad to watch, but we all know if we've either been that friend or if we have that friend. And I've been in both scenarios. This is the friend who you know, maybe they get super drunk and act foolish in public so that they sabotage any chance of you actually maybe meeting a cute guy at the bars that night because you have to bail them out and you have to make sure they get home safe. The one who who really just needs you to be single so that they can have that 
fun friend to go out with and party with every every night. And it's like that friend just they they need you to be single too because you know that's they're too afraid to maybe go at it on their own and they have a bit of a codependent sort of relationship with you and they need you to be single too because for whatever reason either they're and I know I've always been sort of nervous about like oh fuck what if my best friend gets a boyfriend and I'm never gonna see her again or whatever it is or they just need someone else to be as unhappy with their lives as they are and I'm not saying that like you know this you you can't be happy and have good friendships and be in a in a you know a relationship obviously that's not the case but you know for whatever reason this friend just has to keep you around and has to keep you exactly where they're at and if you're starting to notice this and then it's going to become one of those scenarios where you know you really love this person but you become resentful because it's like you know they're just a mess and they can't seem to get it together or you know they're like I I keep using the example of them like just getting trashed every night and just embarrassing you in public and acting foolish and making it so that you know you always have to take care of them but then we start to think of or, or about like or maybe they're just like always dating fuckboys and always complaining about it. And, you know, you guys are maybe in this sort of like scenario together where it's like perhaps perhaps this person isn't exactly the best role model for how to conduct themselves when it comes to relationships. I'm not saying that you should cut these people out of your life or that you shouldn't be friends with people who have difficulties in their dating life. If that were the case, I wouldn't have any fucking friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when it starts to impact your happiness and your day-to-day, that's kind of when it becomes a problem. Am I still recording? Yes. Okay, good. And speaking of when it starts to become your problem, this is when we get into the codependency. And I think that this is really probably one of the most important scenarios, the most important um, friend that could be really making a huge impact on your dating life. And that's a person who you are in a codependent relationship with. Now, Codependency can be, and sort of, you know, in in pop psychology is sort of, is sort of defined differently depending on, you know, the source. But what codependency really comes down to, it's not two people who hang out all the time and do everything together because there can be healthy versions of that. Codependency isn't that. It's not, it's not that. Codependency is when you become more involved and invested in someone's well-being than they are in their own. It means that there are two people in a relationship, whether it's a friendship or a 
parent-child dynamic or a romantic relationship where one person is needed by the other and that person in turn needs to be needed. And we've all, maybe not all of us, I don't know, a lot of us have been in these situations and we don't even realize it. I'll give you a little example. I have a friend and this friend is what I like to call an ask-hole. An ask-hole. I didn't make this term up. I wish I did. But it's that person, like we mentioned before, who window shops for advice. And they continuously ask for advice and never, ever take it. They do the absolute opposite. They're an asshole. Fucking asshole. And I have a friend who is constantly, constantly doing this to me or was constantly doing this to me. And this person would always, always ask me for advice and turn around and do the exact fucking opposite. And they would ask me advice for uh, on topics in which I was very well-versed, subject matter expert on certain, you know, professional things and this and that. And I got to the point where I was so invested in this person's outcome. I was more invested in it than they were. I was more invested in helping them find a job than they were in actually finding a job themselves. And eventually I had to stop engaging because I realized that I was engaging in a codependent relationship with this friend. And instead of looking at my own life and things that I needed to work on or ways I needed to improve, it was easier for me to offload all of that onto this situation and invest all my time in fixing this other person and helping them get better because I didn't want to deal with whatever I had going on at the time. And if that sounds familiar, that's a form of codependency. It's not a dangerous form, but it's these small little moments that add up to big time self-betrayal if you're not careful and if it goes unchecked and it's like eventually what happens when that person does take your advice if they ever do and they do go on and, and get better and improve the scenario that they keep asking you for advice on then what are you left with great You've just acted as their therapist, but you haven't, your therapists charge a lot of money for that kind of thing. You didn't get paid and you wasted all that time when you could have been working on your own shit. Do we have friends like that? Think about it. I know I have. The codependent friend. We also have to look at when we have these codependent friends, like, why do we care more about rescuing their scenario? Let's say it's their dating life. Why do I care more about rescuing this person from their dating life, their terrible dating life than I do in investing in my own? Is it because I have a deep fear of intimacy and I kind of, you know, project that onto other scenarios or I try to get a little bit of intimacy by helping my friend, whatever it is. I've been in this situation a lot. Um, And you have to ask yourself, I mean, I know the topic of this episode is how your friends are sabotaging your dating life, but at at a certain point, where do you come into play? Where does the accountability come in? Is it really the problem of, is it really the friend that's the problem or is it you? 
because if it's a codependent thing, I hate to break it to you, but it may be time to look in the mirror and it's not fun. It's not fun. And eventually what I had to do with this friend was stop engaging with them about this particular topic in which they kept fucking asking me for advice and not doing what I was really giving them very, very, very good advice on. I had to stop. I had to stop. Because then I had more time to focus on what I needed to focus on. We got to ask ourselves, like, let's say it's the hot mess friend and you have a slightly codependent relationship on them. Is there something inside you that maybe you're not facing so it's easier to try and focus on that person than it is to fix your own dating life or to even have a dating life? Is it easier for you to give your friends you know, advice on a particular thing than it is for you to actually go out and do that thing? Does hanging out with this friend boost your self-esteem because they're such a fucking hot mess that, hey, even if your dating life isn't going on that great or even if your dating life is non-existent, at least you're not in their scenario. You can kind of, oh, well, I might not be dating anybody, but at least I'm not, you know, doing what they're doing. It's not as bad as theirs. Sometimes this gives us a self-esteem boost and it feels good to be needed. And at that point, it's our own fucking fault. So how do we deal with all of these scenarios? Whether it's the hopeless romantic friend who's giving you this like silly advice based on God knows what, or the well-intentioned married friend who gives terribly unsolicited dating advice. <laughs> based on their own experience or whether it's the codependent situation hot mess friend where you kind of need to be needed by them well it depends if it comes to the married friends the thing to remember is that a lot of times they're kind of like especially if you're really close with them they're kind of like our parents right they they're pretty well intentioned for the most part they kind of want what's best for you. They act like their parents, you know. Um, sometimes they, you know, our parents, especially like we've talked about this before, where it's like they believe that certain things keep you safe. They believe that if you just settle down with nice guy Shlomo from the office who, you know, is balding and is four feet two and might be missing a front tooth but has a great personality despite his halitosis that if you just give them give him a chance he's going to love you so much and you know maybe you'll just be able to overlook the snaggle tooth and the halitosis and the balding and the fact that he's only four two and have a nice life and be safe and be protected. And you won't have to worry about these fuckboys anymore. And you won't have to go out into the terrible dating life and the, the scene in Tel Aviv and get screwed over by these fuckboys anymore. They kind of just want what's best for you. If you can maybe try and understand it from their perspective, then it may not annoy you as much that they're giving you this ridiculous dating advice from their own point of view. Also, though, here's the thing. If you are that friend who's constantly going to everyone in your life and complaining about your dating life or asking every single person for advice, if you're being the asshole, maybe it's time to compartmentalize who you share information about your dating life with 
maybe you're just sharing these stories with your married friends and they end up giving you this unsolicited advice. Maybe don't talk to them about your dating life anymore. You know, maybe it's time to understand which friends are good for that advice and which friends are not, which friends are actually there for you, who actually wants what, you know, what's best for you and will give you good advice and which ones maybe you don't talk to them about your dating life anymore because it's just like you're living two different lives, right? I know I've had to do that with certain friends where it's just like, okay, I absolutely love them and we're still super close, but our lives are very different now. And I just don't really need to seek advice from them about dating anymore. Maybe that's, maybe that's what you need to do. Compartmentalize who you share and what you share with who and when. Because honestly, like your friends might be like, okay, you're too fucking picky because they're sick and tired of you talking about your dating life and they just want you to shut the fuck up. You know? Or maybe it's time to spend a little bit time, a little bit of time setting boundaries with them. Maybe don't hang out with them as much. Maybe don't talk to them about certain topics. That's also a boundary. Also, if you've got that friend who just seems a little bit, their intentions maybe aren't, aren't the best, take stock of your friends. And especially if you're listening to this and you're one of my like listeners who's maybe in their 20s or whatever, and you sort of are still in the stage of your early adulthood where maybe, you know, you're still in college or you're just out of college, you're post-grad and you have a lot of quantity friends but maybe not just always like you haven't all filtered out maybe you have like a roommate and you need to live in an apartment because Tel Aviv's expensive and you just got out of college and you know it's kind of just a circumstantial thing I get that but take stock of these scenarios and the same advice applies set boundaries maybe don't go out with them all the time if you know that their intentions are not as good. Or if you have the ability to, just take a major step back. Like I had to do with my friend who came to my birthday dinner and tried to fuck my boyfriend. They're not in my life anymore. They were fun. It was a good time. Bye-bye. Bye. Take stock. Draw some boundaries. But what if it's the codependent situation? What if instead of trying to convince your friend who only dates fuckboys that she shouldn't do that shit anymore, you realize that that energy would be much better spent working on your own shit and stop engaging with them like I had to do with my asshole friend. That might be time better spent. And you may realize that that person might kind of fade out naturally. You know, either you kind of stop engaging with them about those topics or you draw a hard boundary and you're like, listen, listen, Rachel, I don't know. I'm making up a name. If you continue to discuss these things that we that I keep telling you about over and over and over again, if you're ready to break that codependent cycle, tell them. I'm not going to discuss this with you anymore because this conversation doesn't get us anywhere and I'm tired of seeing you hurt yourself and I need to separate myself from this. We're not going to talk about it anymore. See what happens. See if they're around just to, 
use you as a sounding board or if they're actually there for a real friendship and that boundary setting will actually help you guys move forward. And if you're the codependent one, understand that there may be some issues that you don't necessarily want to face in your own life. So it's easier to offload all of that onto somebody else. And now, before we wrap up today's episode, as promised over on Instagram, I have mentioned to you guys that I will start answering some of the questions that you submit on Instagram. And I want to make a promise to you all that these are 100% anonymous. I really, really, truly appreciate you um, asking these questions. And I hope I'm not the friend who is ruining your dating life after what we just discussed. But I literally have my phone in front of me and I want to answer some of your questions right here on the fly. As I see them, without any prior knowledge, um, and I promise you that these are 100% anonymous, when you respond, I promise I will never mention your name or, you know, share these publicly, you, you know, your identity or anything like that. Um, one of you wrote, if I like a guy and for sure something is happening between us, but he isn't doing any moves, do I do the move? Okay. You know that you like him. You said for sure something is happening between between you, but he isn't doing any moves. Um, I'm going to reply with a question and for sure something is happening. I'm wondering what that thing that's happening is. Is it a steady progression of communication? Is it him reaching out to you first? If, if all of those positive signs are there, then it depends on what move you want to make. So without knowing all of the details, if you feel comfortable knowing that for sure this guy is into you, um, then yes, you can subtly say some, like one thing I always like to say, and again, I don't know the whole, all the details, but is, is like, um, by the way, if you were to ask me out to a drink, I wouldn't say no or something like that. I've heard that once. Um, and it's worked for me when I kind of knew that maybe the guy needed a little bit of encouragement. If it's a scenario where you know that you're into each other um, and he just needs a little encouragement, that's totally fine and you can hint at it. If, however, he's just politely sort of replying to you because he is not wanting to like be a total jerk, um, if that's kind of the thing where he's just polite, it's like a polite reciprocation loop of responses or whatever, then maybe take a step back if you're unsure and see if he continues to reach out or if you're just watering a dead plant. Um, so overall, my advice here is I encourage if you know that a guy's into you and you know the flirtation is there, you can drop hints that you you know, wouldn't say no if he wanted to ask you out. But then again, I'm also on the side of the egg does not chase the sperm. And I don't believe in going after guys who we know aren't interested in us. So if you're not sure, take a step back and see if he's just politely responding or if it's been you just kind of, um, you know, leading the whole thing. In which case I would say, don't make the move. 
you'll know in your gut, listen to your intuition and yeah, drop a hint. And if he doesn't reply, then maybe don't make that move. Um, one of you asked about Israeli Madonnas and American whores. Okay. Any personal experiences from Israeli men? Yes. In fact, um, I don't know if you're actually referencing the literal episode uh, from, I think it was like a year and a half ago of this exact podcast called Israeli Madonnas versus American Horse. I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that episode because I definitely have experience with this in so many fucking ways. Um, as an American woman in Israel, a lot of times Israeli guys can perceive us as easy. Uh, this person asked if I've ever been disrespected. I mean, yeah, I'm a woman and men are fucking disrespectful, <laughs> but I've experienced, you know, kind of the stereotype as well of um, being perceived as an easy American. Um, go listen to that episode. It has a lot of good insight. Um, but yeah, for sure, for sure. I've had that experience. Um, I've also had refreshing experiences though, where like I kind of had the preconceived notion that someone might perceive me as a dumb American whore. And, um, I was politely surprised by that and, um, it ended up being pretty cool, um, scenario. So, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. So go listen to that episode. Very, very good question. One of you asked if I like dogs or cats. I'm allergic to cats, but I do like them. I think they're really cute. And I have a dog and I like dogs. <laughs> Thanks for that question. Um, some of you wrote some funny shit. Some of you are a bunch of little bitches. You know who you are. <laughs> yes, you can see my titties. You know who you are. Um... And finally, what was the other good question? Do you find it difficult to connect with Israeli men as an Ola? Sometimes, yes. A hundred percent, yes. And I'll tell you the exact scenario where I find it difficult is when the sense of humor does not translate. If the person's, uh, if, if I'm not able to express myself fully in Hebrew and they're not able to understand my sense of humor in English, that is when I'm just like, really find it difficult um so yeah that is a really good question if i can't be my true authentic self and my crazy ass bitch ass whatever fucking weird ass sense of humor can't shine through um then it is hard to connect with israelis usually if their english isn't as good um so yeah thank you guys so much for submitting these questions i will do these more often because it seems like um you guys have questions you want answered and these are these are really great so thank you so much i really really am grateful to all of you who submitted those if you want a question answered um message me on instagram at margo explains it all and with that said i want to thank you guys for listening to this episode don't forget to share it with a friend if you found this advice helpful um, and if you like this podcast, make sure and rate and review. It's totally free. It only takes a second. Just go in whatever app you're listening to this on and give me a good rating. Leave a little comment. Give me five stars. I really appreciate it. Share this with your friends and we will be back 
I'm trying to do bi uh, bi-weekly episodes, so whatever the fuck bi-weekly means, aka an episode every two weeks. And if I'm able to find the um, time and everything to do it weekly, that's the ultimate goal. For now, you guys can expect a new episode every two weeks. I love you all. Thank you so much to everyone who came up to me on Purim and said hello. I love you all. Always, always say hi. I love meeting you guys. Please, please, please come say hi. And with that said, I will hear from you little hookers, whores, prostitutes, and sluts in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Mwah.